Push start, type of band's cool, but the tent plan. I'm back on my bender rolls for the kicks. They quit to give them two cents. Put my circle tight like we glued hands. Like I don't believe in new friends. Trail light, I know the ice then. I drop the song, get a few wins. I crave the comfort in my own skin. Really, I just wanna feel the world spin. Hope I check, watch we double that. I get it lit, I watch. Hey, what's up, everybody? How's it going? This your boy Frankie with We Are the Brand Podcast, presented by Fabre Media. And we have another episode for you today. We have a very special guest in the studio, Aaliyah. Navoa. Navoa, there you go. <laughs> Navoa. I don't ever say your last name. I know, that's okay. Yeah, so my apologies, but I'm glad you're here to correct that. We're going to just leave that segment in. Like, we're not even going to remove it because this is an authentic show. Um, the authenticity is one of the things that I take pride in with anybody that I sit down and speak with. Um, and nothing's scripted. It's all real. You know, even most times when we get on a podcast, we typically send out outlines, but um, we rarely stick to those because for me, I'm more interested in the actual conversation and having that dialogue. Right. Um, but yeah, so for anybody who wants to know, we have Aaliyah. She's a dancer, choreographer, uh, very skilled, very talented, uh, beautiful, um, and I'm happy to have her here on the show today. And, you know, I felt like, you know, I've known her for quite a few years now. Um, we've had many conversations prior to the recording of the podcast. And um, she's known for kicking people while they're sitting at tables. <laughs> like, I was um, like, that time I kicked him. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, you know, uh, I definitely want to jump into uh, a little bit about who you are. If you can just, you know, let the people know what it is that you do um, and how long you've been doing it. Um, okay, well... Like you said, my name's Aaliyah. I'm 26 uh, from Rockford, Illinois, um, and I'm a dancer, choreographer, creative content, you know, content creator. Um, and I've been dancing since I was a little girl. Going, I've never really had technical classes. I've just always, you know, whether I'm watching music videos or anybody that I've been inspired by, um, people in my community, just dancing with them as well, doing after-school programs, stuff like that. And then it's just kind of trickled over into my adult life, and it's always been something that I'm passionate about and probably would never stop doing even when I'm in a wheelchair. So, old and in a wheelchair. Dancing in a wheelchair. Yes, it don't matter what you're it is. Gonna I'm going to popping yeah, it up here. Yeah, it doesn't matter that that's... Literally me. So, and I'm a mom, momming. Shout out to the mom life. Shout out to the moms out there. We love y'all. Mm-hmm. You are appreciated. You, you are appreciated, <laughs> like yes. Tupac said. Yes, my mama's baby daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Big shout out to the mama's baby daddy. Yes. Um. So, yeah. Uh. You know, obviously, you've been dancing for a while now. Mm-hmm. Um. What are, what are some of your inspirations as far as dance? So, you know, since a young age, you've been kind of in that space. Right. Um, something that's been inspiring you even up until now. And clearly, even if you were in a wheelchair, um, <laughs> you're willing to still dance. So uh, who are some of your inspirations in, in, in the dance space or, or even, you know, like in music? Right. Um, so, of course, I've always been inspired by the icons, like, the legends, Michael Jackson, Sierra, Missy Elliott, like the icons. And then now getting into this era of being more familiar with like choreographers and not just dancers and artists, like the people really behind the scenes, because not all the times choreographers are literally in the show, you know, like there's some that might, but for most of the time, they're the ones behind the scenes creating this masterpiece. So um, over time, I used to steer away from choreography, actually. Like, I always was just like, I'm just a dancer. I don't want to choreograph. Like, 
And I had a lot of self-doubt back then. Like, I didn't feel like my choreo would be, like, great. You know what I mean? Right. And then just over the years, I just was like, why did I ever think that? Like, what? No, it's to each its own. Like, it's an expression. No, it's not really to say whether it's great or it's not. It's your own expression, you know? And right. I just, over the years growing up, learning that I started idolizing more choreographers versus just the artists that you see out there doing the performances, like the right. people that created that masterpiece. Right. And so right now, one of my biggest inspirations is Paris Goldblum. Man, she's amazing. If, if you guys don't know who she is, she literally is the one who's been choreographing the Savage Fenty runway shows. Right. Um, I mean, and she's done so much more. Like she did J-Lo Super Bowl, like so many different things. She's amazing, literally amazing. Um, so honestly, right now, she's probably like... The, the the main person for me that inspires me and moves me within dance and in the you know dance industry mm -hmm. especially because she just seems so down to earth and humble you know even though she's like she's won awards for dance and choreography where she's from so to me that's just the epitome of greatness like right. it's great so I definitely want to dance with her one day Paris Paris if you, if you ever see this right I need to be in the Savage Fenty show like. Now. You heard it here. Now. You heard it here like, first. Come on now. <laughs> Big shout out. Man. <laughs> so, um, so you know, having those inspirations and people to look up to and um, obviously that gives direction and that's super important because, mm -hmm. you know, those type of things can help at least motivate us to find something within ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so when you dance, what is the thing that happens in your mind when you're dancing? Like, like, how does it make you feel? What are the thoughts that go through your head when you're when you're dancing? Hmm. Um, for me, honestly, it 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 depends. It really does because it depends on why I'm dancing in that moment. Like for me, sometimes it can be a release. It could be I'm going through something emotionally, mentally, something that's dragging me down, something that you know, or even. The, vice, the other spectrum, something I, I'm celebrating and something good, I'm feeling happy, I'm feeling, you know, joyous. So um, in those moments for me, there'll be releases, whether right. it's a good release or a, even, a, I won't even say a bad release because it's not even a bad release because it's needed. Like, yeah, you know, like it helps therapy. me work. It's therapeutic. It helps me work through my feelings. It help, Like, I'll cry when I dance, yeah. you know, because it literally helps me release any type of baggage that I'm holding on to. Um, on top of that, um, it, if I'm doing choreography, I mean, it depends on what I'm dancing to, too, you know, um, trying to get in tune and connect with what maybe that artist was trying to express themselves through that song and then just trying to tap in and tune into that to, you know, express that through movement. So, right. So yeah. tapping into like energies and frequencies. Yeah, are... for sure. For sure. Um, honestly, because even just the beat is not even just off what they're saying, like, Honestly, sometimes I just, I can feel the vibrations when I'm dancing with the beats and then it's just the musicality, everything. It just, you kind of just let it flow through you. Sometimes I'm not thinking about anything. Yeah. Like sometimes my mind is blank. So it just depends. So like when your mind is blank, um, so, I mean, do you dance? Honestly, right? when my mind is blank, that's probably some of my best freestyles because mm. I'm not thinking about anything. I'm literally just listening to the music, feeling the music, and then just my body just, I let my body move, yeah. you know? So sometimes those are my better um, either, you know, freestyles or choreographed pieces. Right. So with with, with dance, right, um, what are some of the things that you, you wish to accomplish, whether it be personal, um, career-wise, um, just dreams or endeavors that you want? What are some of those things that you're currently 
on that path of wanting and a desire to accomplish? A lot. <laughs> um, so number one, I want, I've been wanting it for a while, but now more than ever, I'm like, okay, I'm on it. I really want a studio space in Rockford. Uh -huh. um, and not even just solely just for a safe space for others and for being able to teach my classes and then connect with my community, give back to my community, anything, all of those things, but also just to have a safe space and creative space for myself because I've never really had that. Like, I've always... Even my home, like, yeah, most people would be like, oh, that's your safe space. But honestly, I've never, when I make choreo in my own home, it just doesn't hit the same right. versus having, like, an actual studio space to go to and it being, right. you know, more, you know, your, just your own time and solid, having that solitude and the, the mirrors and just you and the music. It, it's a different thing when you're doing it at home in your living room on the carpet with no mirrors, you know? Right. Like, so. Catching a rug burn. <laughs> oh, <laughs> For sure, you don't even know. Like um, I've got rug burn on my foot right now. So <laughs> a rug burn from the rug from the rugs practicing at the crib. Yes, but um, honestly, to have to have that space there, so that way I can have that legacy back home too. Like I can travel and get to my next destination, but I still have that back at home. And so that's just something that I've always wanted to do, anyways. Yeah. Um, and then after that, you know, honestly, my biggest thing is auditioning, being able to put myself out there more, um, building my clo um, dance clothing brand, sorry. Yeah. Um, Bold Movement, boldmovement.com, shout out. I let them know right there. <laughs> Bold Movement. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a dance clothing line. So I created it um, during quarantine. Um, it was just like, man, if I'm not going to do it now, when am I going to do it? Like, let me just get on it. Let, let's, um, let, let's, let's pause on that, actually. Let's, yeah. uh, let, let's, uh, I think, you know, people have so many interesting stories, especially during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, and I never want to miss an opportunity to actually speak about that. Oh, so, yeah, for sure. You know, being a dancer, somebody who is, you know, a creative, you know, by default, mm -hmm. you know, you utilize, you utilize your body to, to, you know, show expression. And, and obviously it's very therapeutic for you. So. Um, you know, during quarantine, right, um, during the lockdown and just all those things that were happening that we never experienced before right. mm -hmm. as, as, as a collective of people here in the United States, what were some of the things that, that you had to face or what were some of the things that you were going through um, and challenges that you had to deal with? Well, um, back then I was actually working at a bank uh -huh. um, and still, of course, always trying to be an entrepreneur and, you know, strive to, you know, get my dancing and my choreography out there and, you know, trying to still book gigs and basically just entrepreneur life on the side. Right. Um, of course, there's always that fear of like, well, when it first hit, I thought I'm like, man, this another conspiracy, you know, like, and I'm somebody who still believes in conspiracy theories too and different, uh -huh. you know, I'm not probably as extreme as others, but you know, right. I still am into that as well. But with right. COVID, I just was like, man, no, nah, you know what I mean? And then when it hit, I was just like, whoa, this is really happening this right now. Happening. This is crazy. Like, right. and then being a mom too, having to go to work, have my son, that was, you know, a, a de a definitely, um, something to be concerned about you know you were considered an essential worker yes yeah right. because the bank they not shutting down right okay right <laughs> at all so um just dealing with that and then still trying to dance on the side being a mom being worried about that not being able to really have the platforms to dance um anymore you know that was kind of hard as a dancer and entrepreneur I know most people can probably agree with that you know because now you're having to find, you're, we're having to be resilient. We're having to maneuver and find different ways around it, especially as a performer, like not being able to 
do performances, man, like, I know a lot of people that are touring right now or even are like, they've missed that because right. that was something that like, at a drop of a dime, like anything can just happen and something can be taken away from you or like, you know, so it's crazy. So I definitely was trying to find, I struggled when it came to the pandemic and quarantine with my dance because being in Rockford, it's a smaller city and we don't have as many resources out there as like even being here in Chicago, there's so many more resources. Right. So like being there and trying to still teach my classes or find ways to be able to teach classes, it was a struggle for me because I'm like, well, dang, maybe I can do Zoom and try to do like online classes and, you know, it, but it was, it was a struggle for me, like trying to find that resource or that platform to even be able to do at home online dance classes, you know? Right. So honestly, uh, it took a halt for me. Like I kind of just danced more recreational versus so did, professional. Did, so, so did you like get discouraged at all? Did you dance oh, no, less or no. were you... No, I didn't dance less, I would say. I just, I guess I wasn't focused on the business aspect of it. I was just right. more focused on just my craft and just like creating and still just trying to push content. I think that's where it switched for me. I was just like, okay, now I just need to get on my content creator-ish and yeah. just really push content because that's really all we got right now is social media. Mm -hmm. Like, that's it. So I just transitioned and I just, I think it helped me honestly because it pushed me more to to be on top of my content because honestly I used to slack a lot and I'm a perfectionist and a procrastinator. Mm -hmm. So like I'm the type of person where it's like I'll overthink what I want to post. Right. <laughs> or like what I want to say or just any little dumb watch thing. Watch it a thousand times over. And, yeah, literally. And then, right, and then upload it and Man. then before you even hit send <laughs> or upload, you're still watching it a few more times. <laughs> yes, for sure. Yeah. So like with that, it, it kind of just forced me to get out of that mindset and just like push content and just be on it and be like, okay, I need to go make a video tomorrow. And okay, I need to, how many videos can I make a week? And just like being on top of that still. And um just really honestly working out more. Like I worked out a lot during quarantine, which goes hand in hand with dance because you have to be physically fit. So, right. you know, it, I, I would say that there was, of course, downsides and drawbacks. But for the most part, I what, quarantine what were some wasn't of those bad. Drawbacks? Um, for me, yes. I feel like a lot of my drawbacks were more personal. Uh -huh. I don't feel like it was really even entrepreneurial. Right. I mean, so um, do you think that that affected? That my personal always has affected my entrepreneur life and my whether it's like dance or my goals. And I think that is something that I've struggled with in my life, like letting that affect me and something I've had to transition into now being 26, being a mom, like learning and growing is just how I react. And I know you say that a lot. I see that you say that a lot on your social media, too. It's just like, you know, you can't control everything that happens to you. You can only control how you react to it, you right. know. And some, that's something that I've taken with me that has helped me a lot um, to not get distracted because right. I'll let my personal life distract me. And, you know, it takes a strong person to really just push through whatever they're going through and then continue going through that storm. Right. And being prosperous in the end. Like, that's hard to do at the end of the day. I mean, you got to do it. But, you know, for certain people, that's not something that's an easy easy thing to do, you know? Right. So um, I think that's the biggest thing that for me with the pandemic was a drawback for me. Like, letting my personal distract me and then not having the, the, the lack of resources out there, right. I think, for sure. So I, I want to definitely um, dive in a little more on how the personal uh, challenges, not, not saying we got to get into detail about exactly what that personal is, but rather 
putting putting things out to where you know there might be somebody out there who who can relate to you mm-hmm, you know sure. to a certain degree and and being able to convey um maybe what message helped bring things back to life for you and what what helped you build what helped you build a bridge over this situation and this circumstance like being able to talk about those things um truly help people kind of reflect and say hey so and so although she's a dancer although she has entrepreneurial um aspirations and she's moving in those directions my personal life is something that i was you know having to deal with that were you know real real issues that i had to face and at the same st- at the same time still be you know still persevere and be resilient and still push through towards those things that i want right like what would you say in regards to you was something that obviously one of the things as you mentioned like you can only control how you respond right, right? i can't control what somebody does to me mm-hmm. i have no control over that and that that's major you know and real quickly we can talk on that and then you can answer that but one of the major things even for me and this is something and obviously it really depends on who the person is yeah, right because mm-hmm. the closer the person is to your heart the closer the person is to having some type of more control over your emotions mm-hmm. the more difficult it, the more difficult it is but one of the things that i've truly learned um and the way that i like to express it is you can have two people right from the same place same age right mm-hmm. same qualities in a sense go through the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. And the outcome can be completely different mm-hmm. based on how they choose to respond. It's like, you know, many stories. Um, and I mean, I even look back, you know, in, in my life, like certain people um, I went to school with or certain people who were in certain situations similar to mine. Right. And then I look at our lives 10 years later and it's not that I am better than them right. as a human, but it's in terms, but right, in terms of where we are currently in our lives and the things that are occurring and happening was all predicated on the choices that I made mm-hmm. along the way. Yeah. And that's sure. what I had control over. Yeah. Right. I didn't have control over all those other things at the time, especially when you're younger. Right. Mm-hmm. You don't choose where you live until you get to a certain age where you can choose that. You don't choose who your parents are. You know, like yeah, you don't, no, certain real. things you don't choose um, that obviously influence your life and push you in a particular direction mm-hmm. so, or mold you right yeah. and molds you in a way in terms of how you emotionally handle things mm-hmm. you know how open and transparent you are how you love how you communicate how you communicate how you take information in right yeah for sure i, I was obviously i had asked you something else but i kind of i kind of <laughs> want to uh, pick off that like how important is communication to you and like in, in your life and how you handle things Um, super important because it's something I've really had to reflect on myself and like take a look at myself and look at and see am I even an effective communicator you know Mm. what I mean Um, because there's been plenty of times where I haven't been and I'm mad at this person or I'm this this and that because I'm trying to express how I feel but am I communicating it in a in a efficient and and a healthy manner for it to even you know because it it, depending on how you communicate something it can go upon deaf ears like They're not going to hear anything you're saying, you know? Um, so for me, I really had to work on that and work on how I just approach situations, how I react to situations, and how I choose. I'm very particular on how I choose to communicate how I'm feeling to somebody now. Beforehand, I would just be like, I'm saying the first thing that comes to my mind, I'm expressing right how I feel right off bat and 
you know, that can that can sometimes that go can sideways. Toxic, it can right. go left because, you know, you're saying the first thing that comes to your mind and that might not always be good, you know. Sometimes you got to really sit back and think about what you're saying, how you're saying it, and how that person might take that. Like, right. And one thing that me and you used to talk about a lot, too, is like tonality. Like, right. it matters. Um, so for me, communication is real big because it's something within my past relationships I've really struggled with and feeling like I'm not being heard. You know, so it's real big to me, but bigger than communication is comprehension because you could communicate all you want with somebody, but if they're not even comprehending what you're saying, it does not even matter. Right. No, absolutely. It no. doesn't. Right. And they don't get it. Right. <laughs> and and also that comes that boils down to um, being able to communicate it in ways that they understand. And but, I've had to learn know, that too. Right. And and also, you know, there are people who is just they're one track mind. Yeah. Like like being able to you convey, can communicate it fifty billion different ways, and they're still going to take it that one way. Like right, it, yeah. right, because their life is a projection of their consciousness, and so mm-hmm. therefore, how they perceive life is exactly how they're going to, you know, consume what mm-hmm. it is that you're saying. Oh, for sure. Um, even if you mean it in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> look, I'm sorry, because look, this is a Go great ahead, conversation for it. me. Well, no, just because like that resonates with me so much because, like I said, I've I've. I've maneuvered and tried so many different ways to try to communicate effectively with, you know, people I've been in relationships or just whatever, you know, and man, let's dive into it. Let's let's talk (laughs) relationships. Let's do it. Okay. Well, I I think um, we could have a dynamic conversation about relationships for for many reasons. Yes. (laughs) So, uh, Um, well, for me, you know, I don't like um, feeling like I'm being stonewalled. Um, and what that is essentially is like when you're talking to somebody and in this instant, your partner and they're not paying you any money, essentially like you're talking stonewall is literally, you're talking to a wall, right? There's no eye contact, you know, they don't care about interrupting the conversation. You know, they'll, they'll pick up their phone in the middle of the conversation. You know, they'll walk away from you when you're talking for me. That's a big no, no. Please don't walk away from me when I'm talking to you because it's just a respect thing. It's just a respect level. You know, I'm not going to do it to you. I'm going to give you eye contact. I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to allow you to speak. I'm going to speak. I'm not going to walk away or answer my phone when we're in the middle of a a serious conversation at that, too. It's not even like simple conversation, you know. So um, for me, it just it hits home because like every things that I've been through in my past or in my relationships, um, I've been with a lot of people that. I won't necessarily say they're narcissistic. Mm-hmm. They've just seemed to have a lot of those traits and behaviors, uh-huh. um, you know, and whether it's recognized on their behalf or not, you know, it's there. And so um, I never used to be knowledgeable about those things either. You know, like as a, a young girl dating, I, I dated at a very young age, you know what I mean? And throughout high school, having serious relationships in high school, you know what I mean? Which you know, sometimes I can work out, you know, there's high school sweethearts and more power to them, but sometimes, you know, it doesn't always work out. And because that's, you know, you're not even figuring yourself out then at that point in time. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like the real period in which you're really figuring yourself out is like your early twenties Yeah. and even still going into your late twenties, you're like, (laughs) I'm still, you know, I I think, I think we're always figuring it out. Yeah. I mean, for sure. You know, um, one of the things that we talk about here, especially on the podcast is, you know, the first seven years of your life are the most influential years, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That's when the mind, the human mind is is most uh, vulnerable mm-hmm. and the time where it gets molded most by, right. importantly, especially by their parents. Right. 
those are the times that they learn how to love, how to communicate, mm-hmm. what is right, what is wrong, right? right? Those are the those are the very most those are the most important years because what it does is it develops the subconscious mind, right? And the reason why I'm bringing that up is because a lot of what we're dealing with in our own lives and everybody out there is a result of our childhood. Right. And so us dealing with that is that's why it's so important to have these conversations. It's so important mm-hmm. to to truly um, figure out ways because sometimes, like, you know, I, I had a young mother, you know, so she taught me as best as she could, but right. it doesn't mean she taught me right. right. Now, she taught me right enough to where I'm able to still be here and I didn't die or something crazy happened. But the reality is even she was still learning. Right. You know, my, my mother had well, me at 20. That's me. I'm, right. I had my son at 23 and I'm, st- I'm learning as I go. Right. So um, one thing I did realize, like, kind of touching on what you're saying is, like, as we're growing up, we're also watching our parents grow up. And that's what we have to stop and think about, too. Like, we're all human. We're all learning and growing and making mistakes. So that's also helped me with a lot of my relationships and perspectives, you know what I mean, um, in life and in relationships, because I didn't always have that same outlook. Like, I used to just be like, I victimized a lot. Like, I used to victimize a lot. Let's talk like, about it. <laughs> and just like, you know, because... Growing up, I didn't have my biological father in my life. Like, I never really, I didn't meet him till I was about 11 at a DNA office. Mm. Crazy. And yeah, that's wild. Yeah, that's wild. Um, and then my mother's boyfriend, high school boyfriend, was the one who actually kind of took me in, raised me as his own. You know, I didn't even consider him a stepdad type of thing. Like, that's who I knew to be my father because he was in my life since I was a little girl. Right. So um, just with those relationships and then, grow, you know, how those panned out, I'm not going to get into detail with it, but just how those panned out, it definitely um, warped my perception of, of men. Uh-huh. of men and relationships and um, growing as I got older, what I actually even wanted out of a man. Like it kind of, you know, it definitely played a role into some of the relationships I got into. And sometimes I do look back and feel like, damn, you know, if my dad, you know, my dads would have did certain things differently, would it allowed me to avoid certain situations that I got myself into because I would have known how to maneuver through them and I would have seen red flags and I would have seen these signs and I would have known, no, that's not how a man should treat you. You know what I mean? And not having that there or having it in the way that I really needed it, I feel like, you know, put me in situations that I didn't deserve to be in. And I victimized myself instead of taking a step back and just like we said, like our parents are also learning. They're also growing. It's, you know, it's kind of just a part of life. And, you know, you have to unpack all that as an adult and address that trauma or address, you know, how that affected you and how now it affects you in your adult life. Like right. It's necessary to right. do. Yeah. Because a lot, a lot of those things are, are why we are where we're at today. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and it's necessary to be able to take accountability. Like, um, I, I, can take accountability pretty well but even through in these past couple years I've had to really like double down on that and be like Mm -hmm. damn I'm not taking enough accountability because I'm still getting back in this victimized mindset of why are you doing this to me or why is this happening to me why me and I'm like no stop asking yourself that question right because that's irrelevant it's irrelevant so um it's kind of it's helped me grow and be able to look at things differently and not hold on to certain baggage so how do you view men um, <laughs> honest question, honest answer. Um, honestly, not in a negative way. It's not in a negative light how I view men when it comes to non-relationships, I should say. Right. So when it comes to relationships, 
When it comes to relationships, honestly, um, with me being out, getting out of my current situation and everything that I've kind of been through recently, I don't view them in a ne negative way. I just don't really, it's hard for me to take anybody serious right now. And uh -huh. I, I guess I won't even chalk that up to men. It's just, it's really hard for me to, you know, stop and be like, oh, okay, yeah. Are you, yeah. Are, are, are you afraid? Yeah, most certainly I'm afraid. And that's another reason why that's something that even right now I'm going to have to work through and heal through right. and reflect on and maneuver. And taking accountability is helping me not hold on to that too. Because what I don't want to do <laughs> is be one of those people that got out of a bad relationship and then basically self-sabotages. Right. The because next. something something good could come along and then you're going to self-sabotage just because you're scared. I'm not one of those. I'm not scared in that aspect of men. I just... It's a different layer for me now because I'm a mother too now. So now I'm in the mindset of, whoa, I'm a single mom now. Right. When I wasn't expecting to be that. You right. know, I didn't go into my pregnancy thinking that that's what I was going to be. Right. So, and it's not a problem. Like, it's not. It's, it's completely fine. I'm okay with it. But I have to maneuver differently now, you know, because... Right. It brings us challenges for yes, sure. Yes, it definitely does because now... that's And that's what I think I mean by it's hard for me to take certain men seriously now. And that can... Be that could turn into a negative thing for me that I have to make sure I watch out for because, um, just with being a mom, I'm just like you know I don't want to I don't want to just really like have flings. I don't want to date around. I don't you know like I'm not really looking for that. So it's right. hard for me to take anybody seriously right now. You know, besides myself, that's what I'm focused on. I'm trying to take myself seriously and love myself and be you know focus on my motherhood focus on my craft and because I think for me personally I think a lot of women can relate to it as well um where I'll say we're kind of like prepped for like marriage and prepped for like finding a husband and be in a man you know what I mean like we're what do you mean prepped Disney princesses all these different things we're like we're groomed and uh -huh. prepped to be like Oh, this dream wedding and this dream husband and the white picket fence and the family. Uh -huh. I mean, it's it's really it's something that's more instilled in women, I feel like, than it is men, for sure. Um, uh, I mean, do we want to talk about that? I mean, we can. We want to jump into it? it. Well, no, um, I definitely I don't disagree with you. I would say mutually though, men from an early age are also prepped and mm -hmm. groomed to. Um, be the provider, For groomed sure. and prepped to uh, there's a be lot the of pressure on men. There's a lot to, of pressure on to, men. You know, like be the the support and mm -hmm. and I say all these things not to um, devalue it because I believe in that. Like I right. believe um, as a man, for me in a relationship, I want to take care of my woman. Right, right? of course. Um, I want to be her support. I want to protect her. I want her to feel like this is a safe place. Right. That can be um, a heavy weight to carry, though. Right. I mean, but here's the thing: is Maybe for some, I, for me, for me, I, I don't, I don't think that that's a, a heavy thing to burden. Like it's not when you're truly prepped for it and you truly believe that you can, you will. Um, and so it's just a mindset, right? right. So for me, like, and, and, and don't get it twisted. I, I, I've, my mother used to be, you know, be a single mother. I've experienced mm -hmm. that. I've experienced having a stepdad. Right. I experienced my main father not being around and then my father being around a lot more. Right. So I've experienced growing up in a broken home. So I've seen a lot of things, right? But one of the things that I'm grateful for is um, truly understanding that being a man does come with particular responsibilities. Mm -hmm. 
by biological selection. Yeah, and same for, for women. Right, same yeah. as a woman. So like one of the things for me, at least personally, is, um, and, and I, I don't want to take away necessarily from where you were getting, but um, I think prepping women to be wives doesn't mean prepping them to not be able to be whatever they want. Right, no, I, sure. I, I think that a woman having the capability of being able to do what they biologically are capable of doing. Mm -hmm. Women are way better nurturers than yeah. men. Yeah, it's maternal. Right. Yeah. These are biological traits that mm -hmm. men just don't have right. the way that women do. Women uh, uh, take care of households, not necessarily, I'm saying clean and do laundry, but yeah. a lot better they than hold, men do. They hold it down, they, yeah. They know how to raise children better than men do. Um, not saying all men, but I'm just saying like inherently, like the yeah. natural biological yes. chemistry in a woman mm -hmm gives that capability and that's why for me personally i think what's happening in my perspective is women are becoming a lot more um they're they're less focused on what their natural innate capabilities are in terms of trying to be what they didn't have mm. and in most times it's maybe not a father right in most times, it's a bad relationship or a bad experience with a man. So I need no man. Yes. Right. So yeah, I can so to that. so let, let me do everything that they do because and more, then, and more yeah. because then I don't need that. And I think that w what that does is, you know, it gives no room for a man. Right. It gives no room for a man. And so I'm you, trying to not, you know, that's a that's a it's an easy place to go to, especially when you've been scarred or burned or what you right. know, and you've been hurt. So. um you know, just trying to make sure I don't get into that, you know, and still having that open heart, that open mind and being open to it. I think that's where I'm at right now. Like I'm open to it, but I'm not looking for it because what I was getting at is um, with my father's not having those situations. I think it's led me to always be searching for something, whether that's love, whether right. that's companionship, whether that's um, security and feeling safe and protect, whether whatever that is. I've searched for it instead of allowing it to come to me and allowing myself right. to attract it naturally right. um, and it being more organic to me. Um, and that's that's a space now where that I'm at, where that's why I say I'm, I'm it's hard for me to take anybody serious right now. And I, it's not that I view an men in a negative space. I just it's kind of just like I'm just not available in right. that sense of the matter, so I don't really view them at all, if that kind of makes sense. You right. know what I no, mean? No, I and mean, it's not in a negative way no, I'm saying sure. it, because yeah. like, don't get me wrong, if some guy came and swept me off my feet and then stayed consistent, <laughs> I would be like, oh, okay, you know? But I'm not focused on it anymore is where the, where the shift came in, because for me, I used to be so, like, I don't want to say infatuated, but I just was like... Ugh. I want a husband and I want to, you know, I want that family and I want, you know, because I, I am very family oriented. So I always so know you I don't want that no more. I do want that, but I'm not forcing that. I'm not searching for so, that. I'm not, so you used to force it. Yeah, right. most certainly. Most certainly forcing situations that I was meant to let go of a long time ago, right. you know, because I'm searching for that or I want that right. more than what the universe is telling me is for me. Right. You know, so just, yeah. just, you know, that happy medium and just, Figuring it out, honestly, that's just it for me. Yeah, figuring it out. Right. I mean, yeah. we're all definitely figuring it out, and yeah. and and um, I appreciate you. You know, obviously being um, transparent and, mm -hmm. and and vulnerable in this moment, <laughs> um, and you know, respect you for that. Uh, one of the things I did want to um, say as well, just like biologically, the reason why women want to feel protected has to do with. Uh, biological wiring is that when a woman is pregnant for nine months, 
they need protection. So mm-hmm. think about like back in the day, right? Out in the wild mm-hmm. where men had to hunt, hunt and do those different yeah. things, right? These are biological wirings that have had, that has that has happened for thousands of years. Right. And so here you have this woman pregnant. She can't protect herself. Right. She needs a man who can protect her, somebody who is biologically stronger and more capable of being able to do that. Um, so I think what's happening even now is like relationships. When you when you look at families, because families are the backbone to any successful community, mm-hmm. right? The more healthy families we have in the world, you look at a community, the more healthy those families are, the better those communities are. Oh, for sure. You know, and, and having a father around, right? Having a mother around, you know, having, because it takes a village to, to raise does. a child. Having those people around and, and being able to be in a union of, of, of growth, Right, because it's about momentum. It's about being able to be among people where you share particular energies that's directed towards a, a certain goal, and hopefully that goal right. is, um, you know, to continue that success and that legacy. Because that's what a legacy is, right? And those are the things that we try to create. If you look at some of the greatest families in the world, or I wouldn't even say the greatest families in the world, <laughs> but the most successful families in the world, right. that's one of the things that they did. They took that family structure very seriously, mm-hmm. right? And and they protected it and they made sure to 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 grow it within the family, right? And I think what's happening a lot now, especially in the United States, mm-hmm. is 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 the the breaking up of the home. Mm-hmm. And um like deliberately, right? So I'm not even, you know, necessarily saying um, like relationships that didn't work out, right. but I mean like an actual deliberate attack on how the structure of a family should operate in order for it to be fully successful within a home and in an environment that's conducive for a child to actually grow into the best possible mm-hmm. person, human being that it could, it could possibly be. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? So. Um, and I feel like that's like a topic for a whole nother podcast because <laughs> we're definitely going back Man. and forth, you know, yeah. about, about certain things because so many of these topics could be like broken down into and 10 so different many, ways. Oh, for sure. <laughs> so, okay. So obviously, you know, I asked, you know, how, how you view men. Um, what do you want in a man? Um, so I have, I've had to take time to honestly learn my, learn my love languages because I think that was a big problem for me too. Like I didn't really, I didn't know what I wanted from a man. So I was just out here, a lot of us are out here blindly dating and blindly searching for love, not even really knowing what it is we want in a partner. Um, so for me, um, I'm a very affectionate person. So one of my love languages is physical touch. Right. Like. Not, it doesn't even have to be sexual, just intimacy. Like, I want right. intimacy. If we're sitting on the couch, I don't want you to be all the way on the other side of the couch. Like, come sit your ass next to me, the mm. hell? So, <laughs> um, you know, and just, like, I want certain things, like, without having to ask. Like, a lot of times in, um, like, past relationships, like, simple stuff like a foot rub. Like, I used to be a waitress, so, and, like, when I was pregnant, I waitressed my whole pregnancy. That shit is hard as hell, very tiring on the body. Um, and just, like, wanting a foot rub, like, something as simple as that. I don't But want did you to... have bunions, though? No, I don't. I do have a bunion. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just... I, I do. I'm just... You don't gotta... You don't have to tell the people. Dancer I'm problems. A... Look, no, that's dance life. No, that's dance life. Joking. Because what's a passion without an adversity? Because... Ooh, say that again. What's a passion without an adversity? Mm. Because I have a bunion, and that shit makes it extremely difficult to continue dancing. Right. And I have to sit here and be like, damn, am I gonna have to have surgery eventually? Right. Or am I just gonna have to keep dancing through fucking pain? Because it hurts. I mean... 
Yeah, I have a bunion. Okay, anyways, back to the topic that we were talking about. <laughs> Just busting me out. I'm saying, I did not bust don't you out. Don't look at my right foot. I, I, I did not. <laughs> Listen, you're giving everybody all the tea. There is nothing hidden. So if you guys hey, ever... I mean, I don't care. Look, I've been... People would be like, you you talk too much. You tell me. I don't care. It's my life. What can they tell about? Tell me about me. Right. I can tell you about me. Right. And I'm going to. That's right. fine. But um, yeah, no. So for me, it's like I don't want somebody to be with me out of obligation. Number one, because a lot of times I've felt like that in my past, where like you were with me just out of obligation. Um, my most recent, you know, relationship. That's for sure a, a problem that I had, where I felt like you would only do something because you knew that's what I wanted, not because you genuinely yourself wanted to do that. And I don't... Well, let's me, pause real quick. Let's pause on that. Like... Um, what? Well, no, I, I feel like that should be slightly dissected because you said you rather them do it because they want to versus them doing it because they know you want to. And that doesn't go for everything. It depends, you know. Because that's, that's the thing, especially it go, it when it depends, comes to women, though. Because, yeah, is, it can be is, very vague and it can be all over the place. You never know. And we're not mind readers. I get that. Right. I get that. Okay. But I don't know. I guess for me, I just want somebody. I should not say, like, they want to do it not out of obligation because they want to. I guess I should just say, like, more considerate. Like, I don't have to always ask you to do something sweet. Like you're just yeah, considerate enough you yourself sure. to just yeah. be like, damn, she had a hard day today. Like, let me rub her foot and her not even ask me to do it. Because guess what? I'm I'm not asking for anything that I don't give myself. So that's uh-huh. why I say that. Because I'm definitely been the type of person in a relationship where Yes, you express what you like. I well that, but no, I was gonna say like Nine out of ten, a lot of times I don't have to be asked to, to do certain things because it's like in a natural thing for me in a relationship. I'm a very affectionate person and right. just um, I'm an, a go above and beyond type of person. I'm a very like leave it all on the table, hard on my sleeve. Like, yeah. So for me, I, I naturally just do those things. I think naturally it's something that I would like, you know, and I don't do it because I want you to do it for me. I just naturally like, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm going to just rub your, give me your foot. So you like acts of service. Yeah, acts of service, affection, you know. So, so you know, sometimes that's a difficult thing for some people, um, even men um, particularly is. Well, I feel like some men feel like acts of service mean like gifts. Well. I mean, it can be. Don't get me wrong. I I mean, technically it's different, but if they thought that they're just wrong, because gifts, because well, <laughs> no, no, a gift no, is a gift. I mean, it is, but uh, some, some men do think that acts of service mean just like, they're talking about materialistic things like, oh, you buy me this. No. Yeah, that's not acts of service. It's not. But I'm telling you, some there's men out there that think that. Right. So men out there that think that that's um, not it. acts of service is not gifts. Gifts is its own love language. <laughs> um, acts of service would be like taking doing the, the trash dishes. out, doing the dishes, rubbing the feet, yes. doing the laundry, a folding the clothes, the bubble bath with some roses on the floor and some candles. Clipping the baby's nails, so I don't got to be the Clipping the baby's it. nails, so the baby ain't scratching his face. <laughs> or got dirt under him. You never know, because right. my kid likes to play in dirt. Right. Shout out to all the mothers that know what that's like, because I do not. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, I mean, for me, that's uh, I, and I want re- um, somebody who's going to make me feel safe. I think for me, that is probably the forefront of a lot of things for me when it comes to a, another relationship is just feeling safe because I haven't really felt like that from a lot of men. 
and, and the terms of safe is just like emotionally, with emotionally like, right. and mentally safe with you, not right. physically. Like, right. I mean, of that course, too, that's yeah. a given. Like, right. he yeah, be able to protect you. but then again, like, I got a pew pew, so I'm, you know, I just. <laughs> My uncle. What did you just do? A pew pew. My uncle's real, mm, so he made sure he, he's like, "You're a single woman. You live alone, or you're, you're a woman in general. You need to be." Straight. You need a pew pew. A pew pew. If it sounds like that, it's probably not going to stop them from coming inside. It definitely doesn't sound like that. But. <laughs> right. Pew pew. Uh, no, but um, so that's of course always a given. But for me, it's no. It's more mental and physical. I mean, mental and um, emotional with me because. I've had so many instances where I've like come to express my feelings and <coughs> oh sorry <coughs> come to express my feelings and feel like not judged but just like you're not hearing me. Oh lord y'all. <laughs> you okay? Mm -hmm. A little water break. Yeah, a little water break was needed. Otherwise I'm going to have a whole ask look, I'm going to aspirate. I'm going to have a whole cough attack on y'all. Oh, yeah. Don't have a cough attack on us. <laughs> I'm going to take a brief uh, water intermission. No, but, um, yeah, so, like, the biggest thing for me is just, you know, wanting to be able to know that I can come to you about anything and not feel like it's going to turn into an argument. Because for me, that's a lot of stuff that I dealt with. And that's a part of feeling emotionally and mentally safe with somebody is being able to come to them about anything, talk to them about how you feel or how even they've made you feel and not feel like, like you're walking on eggshells or feel like, oh my God, this is about to turn into an argument, even though I'm not intentionally going into this wanting it to be an argument. Like I just want to tell them how I feel, you know? So for me, I think that's one of the biggest things. Right. So how, how, how important, and by the way, when you talk, if you can get closer to the mic, um, <laughs> outside your coughs. Um, right. <clears throat> I'm trying not to cough all on your mic. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, for the next person. Um, you can be like, what the hell is this? <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I, I heard you say like, you know, being able to express yourself and how you feel, right? Mm -hmm. Do you believe that there's a time for everything? Yes. And I've had to learn that as well. And I still have to work on that because in the heat of the moment, like say it's like something that you're addressing that, you know, made you upset or mad, you know? There's been moments where I probably could have waited to probably address the situation, but I'm like, oh, no, I'm about to address this right now. And I know that's something that's probably been a problem for me that <laughs> I definitely know my ex was like, I don't like when you do that, you know, blah, blah, blah. You couldn't wait till blah, blah, blah. But for me, it's like, it depends because why am I going to wait to address something with you? I have to let that sit on my heart for however long for your convenience. So check this out. Here's, here's, <laughs> here's a perspective. <laughs> Talking about for your convenience. Um, well, think about it. If, if you do address it in that way, the outcome that you're getting isn't going to be convenient for you. Yeah. So the real question is, is the temperature in the room conducive to actually have a have conversation, conversation to where now they're in a better situation mentally Mm -hmm. emotionally, whatever, to actually have that conversation. Very because true. we we have to understand something. Um, if I'm hurt, it has nothing to do with the other person. It has everything to do with me. Mm -hmm. I, I have to agree. And I'm not saying they didn't do anything hurtful. Right. But let's, let's just be clear. Right. Right. But I, I can say the most, I can say something very absurd to you and you'd be like, ha ha, that's funny. And I could say something very absurd to her and she'd be like, yo, that's very disrespectful. Right. 
I ain't, I ain't, I ain't feeling that, right? And so what happened there? For you, you're like, it don't mean nothing to me. Like, I, I, I'm not taking it to heart. I'm not taking it personal, mm-hmm. right? I'm not putting myself in a position to where mm. I'm going to allow myself to be hurt from it, mm. right? Mm-hmm. But that person off rip is like, and obviously there are there's parameters and guidelines right. to certain things. But that person, for example, was, got triggered right mm-hmm. away. And so they got, they accepted that hurt. Mm-hmm. Here's the reality. Like I said, it's not that that person is not doing something hurtful. But I have to come into agreement with what you did to even feel hurtful within myself. Right. I have to be like, yep, that hurt me. Like, I have to agree. And then I'm hurt. Right. But I still, guess who I got to still deal with? Myself. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think one of the things that are very important, if we can, as people, um, begin to realize that I may feel a particular way and it's hot and heavy right now. Mm-hmm. I may just want to snap. like I, And it has nothing to do with the convenience of them, and it has everything to do with me protecting me. Yeah, because, I had to learn that. Because how, 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 how much more worse is it that not only can I not wait to have a conversation in an environment that I know is going to be a, have more a better conducive. outcome yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. than doing it now in the moment in which I am upset pretty upset right Mm -hmm. and then now the outcome is only going to be worse because remember we're exchanging energy yeah for sure and so although you can act calm and collective here (laughs) you're inside i feel all of that oh my gosh the fact that you just said that just hit home it did let's talk about it well just because i've literally just had moments like that recently Uh where i've literally like you said it hasn't been conducive and i still chose to have that conversation then and i've still been like i'm gonna approach it in like a calm and like i got this you know like speak in a calm tone not raise my voice not like try to lead it to an argument be careful with my word selection and it still don't turn out right because internally i'm still feeling whatever i'm feeling you know what i mean and man well, I'm, you I, just I gave, you did give me some perspective there, some insight. Right, there. I, I think it's healthy. It like, is. like because really, here's the thing: the angry side of me was viewing it as convenience for them to talk about it later. Right, and really, it's not. It's actually it's, better for you to talk about it right. later. And right. also, you know, the thing about life sometimes is some things really aren't as big as we make them seem. Yeah. Like, 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 if we were to say, okay, let's let's think about that situation and let's remove that situation. That situation, how would life be? Okay, it'd probably be good. That's how unimportant that is. Right. Right. Um, now, don't get like I said. Obviously, as a disclaimer, there are certain things in relationships where certain things shouldn't be allowed, um, and you also have to have your boundaries and mm-hmm. things that can be crossed. Those yeah. are. Those are covenants you made within yourself. Exactly, um, that you have to stand upon. Right, because that's what you believe. And Mm -hmm. you should be true to what you believe. But I believe there's fundamentals within a relationship. If you act in a certain way, you're going to get the best outcome. Like I was in a relationship um, and there was this moment um, where she acted in a particular way and it was in front of people, right? Um, And it was around my people. And so how that person was acting, how she was acting, I, I I felt disrespected. And the thing about men is, as soon as a man feels disrespected, and anybody, but it's just heavily, especially with, um, with men. men. Oh, for sure. You know, as soon as a man feels disrespected, off. it's mm-hmm. like, it don't matter what you say after this. Mm-hmm. Like, you could literally be saying, you could have brought me whatever you thought you were going to bring me, like, 
actually, I just don't even want to talk to you no more. Like, I don't care how sweet you're acting right now. Like, women need that more. Women need that. More. Right. I, I, I disrespect that. Like, and then it cuts it off. So, you know, what I'm getting to is, you know, in that space, like, I had a moment where I felt disrespected. But I remembered what we're talking about here. And I'm like, that's what I asked myself. I said, how do I get the best outcome? I literally, I was having a conversation with myself. I'm like, how do I get the best outcome out of the situation knowing I feel entitled to mm. how I feel, feel. Mm. right? Because anybody yeah. is like, like if I put this before somebody, would be like, yeah, she disrespected you. Yeah. And I held myself back. And I'm like, what's the outcome I truly want from this? And I thought about it. And I'm like, well, because I talk to myself. It's like two people talking. And I'm like, I do it too. Yeah, it's so they important. Say geniuses do it all the time. Okay, um, all the time. And so I told myself, to myself, I was like, well, then you have to operate like this. You got to act in this particular way, and you have to accept that. Mm-hmm. Now I had to come in agreement with it. I couldn't fake it. I couldn't fake it. I had I had to come into agreement with it. And I was like, all right, bet. And that whole time, I operated in a way that the outcome that I wanted was the outcome I got. And because she saw how I acted, she came to a realization and recognized for herself where she was wrong. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even have to, I didn't have to tell her to say sorry. All I did was that happened. I handled myself in a way that I knew what the outcome I wanted needed in order for that to happen. And then the following day, I had the conversation. And it was all said and done, slept on. Boom. Now I can conduct myself in a way that's no longer attached to the moment that created that emotion. But now I'm operating from a place that truly wants the best outcome for the both of us. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I feel like you put into words the real light, like the epiphany and the realization that I've been going through literally in this current phase of my life right now. Preach. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so... Um, holding on to the attachments of those emotions and how people make you feel is serious, man, because I think that's a lot of why I've struggled with, I I won't say I've struggled with this transition, but why the moments where it has been harder for me, why it's been harder for me, because I've been so attached to my emotions, to the situation and to that person instead of, like you said, maneuvering in a different way that's going to get you the outcome that you're actually wanting. And I didn't want to accept that. Yeah. Like, I didn't. And that's a big thing. It's very challenging. Like, it takes, you're strong to do that, you know, to walk away from something that you genuinely actually didn't necessarily want to, but, you know, it's not conducive for you and it's not the outcome that you're actually looking for, so you have to, you know? And and a lot of that comes with, and obviously I do that a lot more now um, than in my younger years. Mm -hmm. And then obviously... You know, I would say this was a major challenge because it was somebody who was dear to my heart, right? right? So, you know, one of the things that I've realized is that we have to begin to understand the psychology of a person Mm -hmm. by understanding even ourselves. And so, you know, for the past, I would say maybe since maybe around like 19 is when it really, really started for me. Um... So I feel like I started at an early age when it came to um, perspectives of internal um, psychology and how it affects our everyday life and then our interactions with people. 
and it and it's just always intrigued me when it came to not what somebody did, but why they did it. And that's always the thing I want to find out. That's the thing I want to know. And when you begin to like understand how the human brain works and see patterns and 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 learn people's triggers, and you're able to find that out by doing that to yourself, mm-hmm. is like, what are my triggers, right? Because like I said before, I could have said something to you, everything was cool. I could have said something to her, boom. Now she's focused on what I said rather than focused on the trigger. Something triggered in her. Mm-hmm. And now made her react in a particular way, in a particular manner. Mm-hmm. Right? Because somebody else could say something to me that I, I don't even know. And it's just like, this fool crazy. Like, I'm not worried about him. Right. But then somebody who I've you know, you, <laughs> you know, what happened? I said, I've seen you do it. <laughs> what? Be like, oh, this man, gone somewhere. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, one of those things that I know for a fact is that when we begin to truly like understand how we operate as human beings, um, and if we're true to that, being able to operate among other people, you're going to get the best outcome that you could possibly get. Because like on our podcast yesterday, um, we were talking about the worlds we live in. This is my world. That is your world. Both our worlds are currently in a cohesive space. We are currently in each other's worlds, right? We are allowing, you're allowing your world you live in for me to be in it under particular orders of operations and systems so that way you can get the best outcome in your world in this moment. And the same with me. And so if I am the king of this kingdom, then that means I need to operate in a way that's going to make this world, my world, work best and that might not be and that may not be cussing out that person right and that may be not taking that personal and that just might be not talking about this right now why because this is my world and i'm responsible for it Mm -hmm. it's not my world so f you because it's my world and that's the opposite right it's the opposite simply because it doesn't create order it creates chaos Mm -hmm. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah no it's real it's real um but yeah you know how long we've been talking already it's with been, us it's always like it's been, a, it's been an hour already an hour and two minutes you feeling like 20 minutes right it's hot in here huh i haven't been dripping sweat you don't like, know like it. i said like i said uh, uh before we recorded in uh, armpits on baptized <laughs> but uh yeah i i feel like we definitely covered quite a few things i mean we could probably chop this up in a few different things and it'd be like, man, this podcast is about this. No, this podcast is about that. <laughs> like, we started talking about dancing and everything. Look, now I, look where we ended that's up. That's me as a communicator and a talker right. anyways. Like, I, I'll i veer off and then come back. I can't even help it. Because there's just, you'll there's like, it could be one word. There'd be one thing that'll be like, oh, dang. Right. This made me think of this whole right. different topic that kind of relates or just, or not even, but yeah. just made me think of this topic well, and well, where I'm going. Yeah, I feel like everything that we've discussed at the end of the day um, is important because mm-hmm. despite your brand, despite the fact that, you know, having, you know, you're in that entrepreneurial space and that creative space as a dancer, um, life happens. Uh, these things are real, no matter what, what looks like from the outside perspective or what it might appear to be. Mm-hmm. We're all facing particular challenges and struggles. Yes. Um, on a day-to-day basis, you know, some more than others. But I think when I say some more than others, it's really 
how people deal with it that feels like some more than others because the same thing can happen to me and happen to you but for me it's like all right water on my back off my right. back but for you it's like oh i'm in a ditch now right. you know what i mean um it, it's it's all about how i perceive life to be and it's all about how i choose to respond and i think that that's what truly makes you know people successful in life no matter what it sure. is is who can i become in the midst of it all and 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 what can i get out of it because you know that that right there is the ultimate thing that's the real reward that's the thing that we're able to continually take with us you know along this life and 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 those are the things that we can give to people and share with people in our world mm-hmm. those those are the things that 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 sculpt our world that we live in on a day-to-day basis they're the reason why we have certain friends they're the reason why we take certain jobs they're the reason why you know we believe and and do what we do and that's why it's just super important that we just continue to to seek truth to seek you know wisdom and understanding and all things gain understanding Mm -hmm. um because that's going to put you in a in a place to get the most out of your life right Right. To get the best out of your life. Sure. And then by natural default, people will then be in your world because you're conducting order and structure in your world to have to operate under a system that's based upon what I just said. Yeah. Now, if they are. So by natural def- default, if they're not able to operate among those structural uh, processes, they're going to have to then be they're, they're just going to they're going yeah. to find themselves out because mm-hmm. they can't adapt to the world you're creating. Mm-hmm. So create the world you want. And the people that are supposed to be in it will adapt to it. And you're going to get the best outcome you want in life. Yes. You feel me? Yes. You feel me? Thank um, you. Thank you so much. There's so much I could take from this and go and immediately apply. Like, it was a definitely a moment for me that gave me some even more self-reflection on myself because... Um, I've been doing good with my transition, I feel like. I feel like yeah, I've handled my transition sure. very well um, with transitioning into single motherhood, living alone. First time ever as a woman. Women, one thing I will say, if you have never lived alone, please live alone. At least just for a little in your life. With a pew, pew. <laughs> just, I, I think it's necessary. I feel like it's necessary for every, I won't even just say women. Everybody in general, I feel like, should at least for a moment in their life see what it's like to live by yourself. I like, love it. Yeah. I mean, I, that's how you truly le- learn yourself, I feel like. How are you going to really, like, learn yourself if you're not by yourself, right. eventually, in life? So, I feel like And that's, if you're not living by yourself, find, find a space. Still trying ways to do that. Right, yeah, absolutely. Find safe spaces of solitude to be able to do that for yourself, you know? Right. But, like, just personally, what I've been through in relationships, I've always been, like, speaking to the women that have always been in a relationship or hopped from relationship to relationship or whatever and not giving them that time of solitude to really figure out why that relationship failed or what I could have changed or how I reacted or what I truly want. Those different things, I think right. that's very necessary for a person to live on their own for those reasons. Right. So I feel like that's the current phase I'm in, and I'm actually very appreciative of it. And I'm super, like excited to see I'm excited for you where it goes right now because I feel like this is the healthiest space I've been in in a while and that's good um, and like I said this was a moment for me that was just gave me even more things to reflect on and to like really look at myself and check and being able to move forward and being able to be like dang I can take that from this podcast and apply that now so, that's what's up yeah no, and I believe in you and I and I know that you know, you have a kind, beautiful spirit to you. Well, thank you. I try. I have my moments where it's like, I, I, be, I be feeling like, you know, moments where I, it'll try to take me from that. But like you said, it, life is about your choices. And I'll be like, 
yeah, that's just not in me. That's just not my spirit. Like, right. I do try my best to react in positive manners for the most part. I have for my sure. moments. Yeah. You know. Yeah, no doubt. Human, but, you know, and I'm a Gemini. I can get a little crazy. Gemini. But for the most part, you know, like, I think, you know, I've been handling everything pretty well and I'm excited. Well, I'm excited for you and I appreciate you, uh, you know, uh, spending time and coming out here. And real quickly, too, uh, something came to my mind when you were talking uh, to the ladies. Mm-hmm. And it's to anybody in general. Mm-hmm. Say you get out of a relationship, right? And you get to a realization or to you get to, you come to a point of realization where you know there are internal things that you need to change for and yourself, on, right? Yeah. Don't think that because you're changing and you've realized that, that you're able to convince that person you were with that they also need to change. Mm-hmm. These are things we need to come to on our own. Yeah. Him and her. Yeah. Oh, they I need to come to that a... because what happens is is now like, oh, I've changed and this is better now, depending on what side you're on. Um, so like that means we can do this again, but that person did nothing to grow or to change themselves. And that's in the cases of, of when things get kind of toxic and a little crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a different story. Right. Not everybody has that story, yeah. you know. Um, where it's like, okay, it wasn't toxic, just some things just didn't work out. Right. Um, but then maybe they come back together and it'll work then. But mm. but it's like when it gets toxic and some things yeah. occur, you know, um, my advice is don't go back to toxic relationships yeah. um, because there's a layer of history there that no matter how much you try to oversee it, it exists. Mm-hmm. Now, it depends on how deep that is um, and what that toxic uh relationship look like but you can't resurrect a relationship Mm -hmm. you can't live in the past you can't put yourself in a place where what was and why me and maybe this and those were great moments those are great moments cherish those moments and then go on to the next chapter and continue on and and understand that there is so much beauty to still be seen Mm -hmm. and 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 to unfold and this world that you're creating is going to be conducive one day for somebody else to actually exist in that world. world with you. And mm-hmm. you can create that world together and really grow it under those particular boundaries and structures that you've set together. And now you have a real kingdom. Now you have a real place to build family, to build success. Mm-hmm. You have that foundation and things are now rooted deeply. So now you can get the best mm-hmm. and have a stronger outcome. I have, none of my relationships have had a foundation. Mm. And that's why it was never going to work out anyways. Right. So. Well, now you know. Yeah, now I know. For yourself. Man. <laughs> if I if anything, if I could tell my younger self. <laughs> what would you tell her? All of this. All, all of that. Of, all of it. All of that. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I feel like I would not be who I was if I didn't experience the things that I experienced. Anyway. Of course. So it's not even a matter of like, oh, tell your younger self this. So like. It doesn't happen in the future. Just really just like being more aware and more in tune with myself. uh, It's like I tell people, I'm like, you know, um, if there's a line of people putting their hand on the stove and they're getting burned, do I got to be the sixth person to touch the stove to get burned? I do not. (laughs) I know if I put my hand on the stove, I'm getting burned. That's where true guidance allows us not to be the sixth person. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Now, yeah, we had to go through that. Now we know it burns. But if we had the right guidance and the right mindset and the right uh, direction, right. we wouldn't even have- we wouldn't have need to even had to do that, mm-hmm. and still would have learned, but through wisdom yeah. and through that understanding versus experience, right? Yeah. And your experience now is what it is to not. So I mean, we can. That's a whole <laughs> that, right. Like that, that, that's that's a whole you know <laughs> other conversation, but. Um, yeah, you know, to conclude the podcast, like I was saying, because we'll definitely probably have like 10 more closings at this point. But um, yeah, I just want to thank you for, uh, you know, taking your time, um, being transparent, being open, being willing, um, you know, letting people know, um, you know, how you really feel, what you've come from, and you know, what you've overcome and what you're going through. I think that that's empowering to somebody and I know it will be. It's empowering um, to me. That's why I do it. Yeah. Uh, I feel for real. People have been like, oh, like I said, why, why are you so open? It's empowering. Right. So. No, 100%. Well, before we get off, go ahead and let the people know where they can follow you and get in touch. With um, you. So basically all my handles are at the Aaliyah Navoa. So that's at T-H-E-A-A-L-I-Y-A-H-N-O-V-O-A. Okay. That's IG, all handles. Uh, IG, Twitter, um, I mean, Facebook, it's Aliyah Navoa. Right. Mean, but right. yeah, IG and Twitter, those are my main ones. So. Okay. Well, you guys heard it. If you want to follow her, we'll make sure we put that into the description. Um, and before we close out, listen, make sure if you've not subscribed yet to make sure you do subscribe to the YouTube channel. <laughs> We're on all podcast platforms, anywhere where you can stream podcasts. We are there. We exist. Uh, We put a lot of snippets and stuff out on social media. Instagram is definitely a heavy one. We're on all platforms, Twitter, um, you name it, TikTok. We'll be there. And if you guys know anybody who you feel would be great to be on the show, let me know. Or if there's any topics of discussions you feel that uh, we should have, throw it in the comments. So until then, you guys take care. Peace.